Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, YouTube? I'm Carlos Toro here from Fightful. This is the Fightful Boxing Podcast, April 21, 2017. Uh, I'm going to be doing a bit of a solo short podcast for today. Uh, Steven uh, had a bit of a, a bit of troubles, issues back home. Uh, his son wasn't feeling well this morning, so uh, he had to take care of him. I completely understand. I'm not a father, but I understand when you have to take care of a loved one and this kind of stuff, you kind of can't really predict. So best wishes to Steven and your kid. It's not Duncan Daryl, but, you know, he just couldn't be here today. Uh, so today is going to be a bit of a shorter podcast, uh, well, again, with no Steven, but I am still going to uh, preview Andre Berth over to Sean Porter. I was at the uh, press conference yesterday in Brooklyn, and you know there were a couple of interesting things happening there at that uh, at that press conference. They're also going to be brought, uh, previewing the top ranked pay per view that's also going to happen on Saturday night, and the latest on Klitschko versus Joshua. And now we finally have a TV deal. And as Steven and I were talking on the last on the last podcast we did last Friday, it's going to be a sort of joint broadcast between HBO and Showtime. Uh, Showtime's going to air the fight live around 4.30, 4.45 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States. So that's going to be a live broadcast. And HBO is going to be broadcasting that fight again on their channel. Uh, I believe around 10.30 p.m., 10 o'clock, much later at that night. So you're going to have a couple of chances to watch that fight, and it's going to be a major, major fight. I cannot stress enough just how much this fight actually does mean for for the heavyweight division in boxing. And overall, I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. Uh, hopefully on uh, the next week's podcast, Stephen and I will um, – Preview that a little bit more in detail. But for now, this Saturday, Berto versus Porter. And I'm going to start off with that. Berto versus Porter is going to be a very interesting fight. Um, this is not for a title. This is uh, a WBA welterweight title eliminator. Uh, whoever wins is going to go up against Keith Thurman uh, much later this year for Thurman's WBA title, and I would assume maybe also for his WBC title that he won off of Danny Garcia uh, about six, five, five, six weeks ago at the Barclays Center. That fight's also going to be uh, at the Barclays Center, Berto versus Porter. 
And we're going to have complete coverage of that. I'm going to be there live. So once again, you know, if going to be a really, really fun night, we're going to bring you tons of coverage from that. And anybody from the, anybody that wants to, you know, uh, leave a comment uh, on the live chat. If you have any questions whatsoever, I'm going to be sort of looking right now, uh, see if there's any activity going on right now. Uh, yeah, any questions about Berto versus Porter uh, or the undercard, which is Jermil Charlo versus Charles Hatley for the WBA, WBC uh, light middleweight title or junior middleweight title or super welterweight title, depends on how you like to call it, call the 154-pound division. And then Amanda Serrano versus Diana Santana, who get the Serrano's going to be making history if she wins. Uh, this is for the WBO uh, bantamweight title, which is vacant at the moment. If Serrano wins, uh, she will win her uh, world title in her fifth division, her fifth weight class, which is something no other Puerto Rican has ever done, male or female, in the history of the grand sport of boxing. And I was talking to Joe Cortez, who's a legendary boxing referee. And those of you who have been boxing fans for quite a long time now, right? Spanning back in the two, early 2000s, 90s, 80s. And right now, that's you know, we were talking, and, you know, he was there, I guess, sort of showing support for Amanda Serrano because this is a pretty big deal for us Puerto Rican boxing fans. And the simple fact that you have someone like Serrano who is quickly becoming the face of Showtime boxing, women's boxing, I should say, because she also broadcasted the uh, – she was also fighting uh, in her last fight on Showtime I believe headline Showtime Extreme, if I remember correctly, back in January against Yasmin Rivas. Uh, Serrano looked phenomenal in that performance. It wasn't an overall uh, make or break uh, the sport type of fight. Uh, Serrano kind of cleaned house in that performance, and I thought that she did admirably. I don't remember how exactly I scored it for her. I think maybe a... I want to say not, it was between eight, eight to eight rounds for Serrano, eight or ten um, for Yasmin Rebus. And I think right now that's going to be a – I think she's going to have – I think she's also going to have a relatively easy time. And right now, the fact of the matter is uh, this fight is big in – the sense for women's boxing and sorry and my my mother was was calling me and in the middle of my show while she knew that she was uh while she knew that i was doing it um so yeah back to the thing so serrano winning uh competing this fight she's quickly becoming a big big name in women's boxing not that she already isn't but now fans are actually going to watch her fights on a big channel such as showtime and, you know, we've already seen guys like Clarissa Shields uh, making splashes as well. She's also becoming a, a pretty big name in women's boxing in the United States. And you look at all the other uh, Olympic champions who have been making their debuts in the past couple of weeks. I know Ireland and England, their champions and Olympic uh, medalists have also been 
doing a lot of a lot of good uh, attraction and viewership numbers uh, fighting over there in the UK on the undercards of some of their fights. And so having this fight is pretty big. I was talking to Joe Cortez uh, about her and what she's been doing for women's boxing and for Puerto Rican boxing, I should say, is that she is, and, and, and I kind of agree with Joe, she's a Hall of Famer. I think she is one of the greatest um, I think she is one of the greatest female boxers uh, in the history of this sport. And certainly, I would would say confidently that she is the best uh, female boxer to ever come out of Puerto Rico. And one of the greatest, regardless of gender. If you look at the list of women, uh, of male and women boxers who have competed under the Puerto Rican flag, I mean, we, we know who Miguel, we have a lot of people, boxing fans know who Miguel Cotto is. They know who Felix Trinidad is. Uh, Wilf, and even going back even further, uh, Wilfredo Gomez, Wilfredo Benitez, Hector Macho Camacho, the list just goes on and on and on. And for the fact that she is on the cusp of doing something, she had none of those other guys I just mentioned uh, do in their careers, winning a world title in five different weight classes. That's certainly something pretty exciting. It's something for the country who I know and I know is in kind of not in the best shape right now. Having someone take the mantle of being like the face of Puerto Rican boxing now that Miguel Cotto is sort of retiring this is his last year and got an up-and-coming stars like Felix Verdejo. They're still not, not at that mega star level for Puerto Rican boxing fans. So I think the numbers for the, for the Showtime Extreme telecast that she is going to be fighting at are going to be pretty good. And I think it's very well deserved for her and for women's boxing to finally get a platform to not just have a one-off appearance like, all right, we're going to have Amanda Serrano fight Yasmin Rivas on Showtime Extreme uh, while we sort of whet people's appetite for the James Gale and Bado Jack fight later on that night. And, and But the Showtime's actually doing a legitimate effort it's a legitimate effort to try to make women's boxing a bigger thing than it is and in the grand scheme of things with mma and pro wrestling with so many female stars coming out i think showtime is smart than recognizing hey there's money to be made in these women and i don't mean to say that like a derogatory term but like these women can be viewed as major stars and we need to take advantage of that and so I think Showtime is doing the right thing with Clarissa Shields and for um, Amanda Serrano. So I think right now this is going to be a pretty, uh, a pretty good, uh, pretty good fight. And that's just one of the fights, uh, one of the really good fights on this undercard. We were supposed to have King Kong Ortiz uh, fight as well on the undercard, and, and Stephen and I, you uh, can just go back to our last podcast. He's talk about how fun. And exciting is to watch King Kong Ortiz. He's a little bit up there in age, but boy, he can still go. He can still be in that world title conversation. Um, but he suffered an injury uh, in days after we did our last podcast. So he's out. He won't be fighting on the undercard. That was just confirmed by Lou DeBella uh, yesterday's press conference. So that's it's a shame. But still, the card is pretty strong. 
the co-main event is going to be Jermell Charlo versus Charles Hatley for uh, Charlo's light middleweight title. And my goodness, the press conference yesterday, if you aren't sold on Charlo versus Hatley, and I don't know why you wouldn't be sold on Charlo versus Hatley if you're a boxing fan, but the press conference yesterday was certainly really interesting. So just to give a bit of a backstory, um, Hatley is being promoted by Don Keene. And they were having a bit of some issues. And Hadley and his crew are suing Don King for his, uh, and I don't remember the, the exact details, but it's something along the lines of contractual promotional obligations not being fulfilled. And so as Hatley was talking on the podium in, in Brooklyn yesterday, and he was sort of wrapping things up, about to sit down, somebody, and I'm assuming this is from Charlo's entourage, yelled out, and he, this was like front row, it wasn't like in the back. He was right in center, staring at Hadley, saying, why are you suing Don King? And then and he was on the left side of the room where we're doing the press conference. So he, so he was right here. And then you see people from um, Hadley's entourage, like all the way over here. And this is a good, maybe like 30, 40 feet of distance between them, and they were just screaming at each other, yelling loudly. I mean, for a good two, three, four minutes, and they're just arguing. And then in the meantime, you kind of see Hatley and Charlo, one, at first kind of taking it all in, just letting their, their guys do the talking. And then both of them, they started to do a bit of trash talking on their own. And Hatley, he was saying, listen, I mean, what's Charlo – been relevant for three years maybe i've been big my whole life and i'm gonna come in here i'm in the new sheriff and tom as he call it and i'm gonna whoop charlo's ass sort of paraphrase a little bit and and boy then the trash talking there was a lot of tension and they even have to bring in maybe security in there to sort of help you know mediate the situation and it did not, I mean, it, a little bit helped. Things got quiet, uh, things got quiet, but it was not, it was not good. It was, this is going to be a pretty fun fight. It's going to be a really good fight. It might actually be the best fight of the night when it's all said and done, just based on, just because of how much heat there is between Charlo and Hadley. And Charlo was saying that uh, his uh, brother Jamal Charlo, he's going to be in his corner, so. That's going to be pretty – so it's good for Charlo. He's going to have his brother who's also probably equally as good a boxer as Jermel is. So it's almost like two – it's almost as if Atlee's going to be fighting both Charlo brothers. And and I kind of think – those are get quick predictions. I think Charlo's going to win. I think Charlo's going to maybe not – I can say 10th, 11th round stoppage. If not, it's going to be a somewhat, I want to say a decently close fight. I'm going to say Charlo wins in the scores, 8-4. But again, that's just my prediction. Things can very well change uh, heading into the fight. Uh, during the fight, I should say. And now on to the main event, Berto versus Porter. As I mentioned, this is a WBA title eliminator. And I think with a lot on the line, and I think Porter is going to win this fight. And, and I'm going to explain why. Well, first of all, there's another reason why I think Porter's going to win this fight. Uh, Porter 
is I mean, he's younger. He's not struggling as much as Berto has in the last few years. Berto is four and four in his last eight fights. That's not a whole lot of steam coming in. Yeah, he's won a couple of world titles, but those rings didn't last that long. Barely only a couple of months, he would just win a world title and just lose it in his next fight. So there's really not been a whole lot of steam coming into him. And and Porter, Porter is smart. Porter knows that Berto is not good when he's being pressured. And Porter is a guy that and that is able to come in and take the fight up close and throw a lot of punches at Berto and make him uncomfortable. Uh, Porter, I, I expect Porter to be working the body throughout the entire fight, just making this fight you know, about as uncomfortable as possible for Andre Berto. And Berto does kind of bring a little bit more experience, I should say, but I don't think experience at this point kind of matter. One thing that Berto is also going to struggle is that he hasn't fought in a year. So he's going to have to be shaking out the ring rust. And Porter is certainly going to come in extremely hungry and very aggressive early on, I'm going to predict. Porter believes that he should have beaten uh, Keith Thurman. He believes that he won the fight against Thurman last year, last summer. I believe it was in July at the Barclays Center again. Uh, Keith Thurman won the WBA title uh, via unanimous decision. And I kind of don't think that I think with Berto, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's from, I don't know if it was from still from the effects of going up against Floyd, but he just really has not looked great since beating Floyd. He didn't look good fighting Floyd a few years ago before um, in Floyd's final fight. Well, at the moment, we don't know if this whole Mayweather-McGregor thing is going to happen. Uh, bullet to my head, I think I'm going to say it will happen, but it's going to take a long, it's going to take another another few months of negotiations before everything's all said and done. But I think with Porter, uh, Porter and, you know, we and there was like a media scrum after the press conference was done. Uh, and one thing that I thought was very interesting, uh, Porter was saying that he wanted to outbox uh, Berto, which in a vacuum, that's certainly not a bad thing. I mean, of course, in, in a fight, in a match, you always want to outbox the other opponent. That's the whole point. The whole point is to knock the guy out or to outbox him and win the scorecards. But Porter, the way he was kind of describing it is that he's might not be, he, he doesn't think that he's going to go all sad, all, all wild on Berto and he wants and throw haymakers all around. And I think that, you know, being in a group, playing an aggressive against a guy uh, as Berto and making the fight aggressive and close is the way to go. But one thing that I thought was interesting is that, you know, in the back of his head, that's not, that's not what he ultimately wants to do. He just wants to fight the best technical fight that he wants. Which, again, and I think Porter's a slightly better fighter and a slightly better boxer technical-wise than Berto, but I think your Porter has a much better chance than 
uh, much better chance winning this fight, going for the knockout, going for the early stoppage, just making Berto work as much as possible, as early as possible in the fights. Um, and I think with the way, and if Porter wins, I think that it's going to be a very, very good rematch between Porter and Keith Thurman. So I think that's going to be a pretty damn good fight. Uh, that fight's going to be on Showtime, I believe, at around 9.30 Eastern Time. Uh, I think the two fights on the Showtime card is going to be Charlo versus Hatley and Berto versus Porter, while the other fight, oh, the other couple of fights on Showtime Extreme uh, earlier in the night, around 7.30, is going to be Amanda Serrano versus uh, Diana Santana. And Fife is going to have complete coverage of that fight. And we're going to be bringing you tons of stuff. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to leave a comment in the live chat. Thumbs up. Um, leave a review as Showdown Joe Ferraro says on his MMA podcast. Tell your friends. Tell a buddy to tune in. If you're an MMA fan, you're a wrestling fan, you're a boxing fan, tune in uh, you know, to Fightful. We do a ton of great stuff. I mean, yesterday we just had a really good podcast between Sean Rossap, our Fight Falls managing editor, and the king of bros, uh, Matt Riddle, who hopefully I get to see uh, go up against Drew McIntyre on Evolve this Sunday in Brooklyn. So, I mean, it both, and I think that's going to be a full slam. So, if it is, uh, if you can't make it to Brooklyn, I highly encourage you watching this. Uh, this match, uh, Galloway versus Riddle in an I Quit match, that's about as good as you can get. And I believe that is Galloway's final Evolve appearance before staying strictly with WWE and NXT. So that's going to be so going to be fun. Uh, this week we just had we just introduced Patrick Cote to the Fightful team. We have so many other great uh, podcasts. Oh, as I mentioned, Showdown Joe Ferraro. Uh, Sean Rossap, Shane Helms, Matt Riddle, Patrick Cote, Elias Iodoro, the man with the best hair and MMA, uh, Frank Trigg, Sean Pearson, so many great podcasts. Even the wrestling ones, I can't forget about the wrestling podcast with uh, Anna Boward and Alex Polowski and the Fightful Podcast with Jimmy Van. So I guess that's my little plug for everything that we got for Fightful and... I think with the fact with this, uh, and, and Adam Peterson was saying, I'm going to the Joshua fight as, as it live in England and it's in Wembley. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a fantastic fight, as I mentioned at the top of the show. It's going to be a record-breaking crowd, over 90,000. Easily, easily going to be the best, uh, uh, best attendance for a boxing fight in England's history. And we'll deserve it. This fight, the Joshua fight, Joshua and Klitschko, it's going to be such an incredible fight. And I think if Josh, and I think this is going to be, in a way, kind of the passing of the torch. I think I think Joshua is going to win narrowly. I think this is going to be the the best fight in the heavyweight division in several, several years. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Years. I know the I know the levels of excitement in England are off the roof. And I think those two are gonna have a heck of a a heck of a fight. And I think now that we finally got a TV deal here in the U.S., I think we're going to get pretty, pretty damn great numbers if you were to come in the Showtime and the HBO telecast. And I'm actually going to be watching both. I think I might watch both telecasts uh, mainly because I want to see their, I want to see how the, the different commentators have their own take on the fight as the fight's progressing. And overall, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, Fightful is going to have a lot of coverage between this fight, between Joshua Klitschko, between Berto versus Porter, and the top rate pay per view. That's also going to be happening on Saturday. And boy, I, I think I like what Bob Arum is doing. Uh, Arum is, and I'm going to pull up the, the whole card, or at least the whole pay per view card in just, in just a second. Uh, and for those of you that aren't really that interested in the Showtime card, which I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, you got guys, you know, the top four fights, Jesse Magdalena, Magdalena versus Adelson Dos Santos. And, I, and I'm mainly pulling this, the card up just so I can also properly read the names so I don't mispronounce them because they're not easy to pronounce, no offense. Uh, junior featherweight title, Magdaleno versus Dos Santos. Uh, you're going to have Gilberto Ramirez versus Max Bursak for the super middleweight title. And I think that I think Gilberto Ramirez is going to win that fight. I think that I can see Gilberto Ramirez eventually fight James DeGale in a unification bout. That's going to be a lot of fun since, you know, James DeGale, one, is still recovering from that hellacious fight he had with Battle Jack uh, back in January. And that fight ended in a draw. So I think that I think Gilberto Ramirez is going to retain, and I think we're going to see a unification bout at 168 pounds down the line. Uh, we're also going to have a non-title fight between Shakur Stevenson and Edgar Brito. Neither man or only fighter, so of course it's a non-title fight. Uh, Six-round featherweight bout again. This is just to further showcase Shakur Stevenson, who is going to be a pretty big name. Very, very soon. I think in the featherweight division, I think he's going to be a solid attraction. And who knows? Maybe down the road, he'll fight uh, for the WBO featherweight title, which will be Oscar Valdez, the champion versus Miguel Mariaga. I like this setup that Top Rank is doing. I think that Bob Aaron at the moment isn't thinking with his with a business sense. Uh, in terms of this is going to make great numbers. We were talking in the, uh, and, I, and when I say we, I mean Stephen Mulehausen and I, uh, we were talking last week, and we both we both don't think this fight is going to do good numbers on pay-per-view at all. I mean, it'd be a legitimate surprise if it reaches six digits amount of buys, considering that we have another really good boxing uh, card for free at the um, – at the Barclay centers, but the fact that Bob Aaron is willing to at least make the investment and he's 
probably going to lose money on this fight. No question. But Baron's going to say, screw it. I don't care if I lose money on this pay-per-view. I'm going to build these guys as stars, and I want them to have the exposure of fighting for a pay-per-view crowd. And these top-ranked pay-per-views, if we see more of them, I'm all for I'm all for it. The Manny Pacquiao one that we had on back in November, that was a pretty good pay-per-view. It did 300,000 buys, which for most boxers, it's a good number. For Manny Pacquiao numbers, not great. But you see, but those 300 people that saw and bought the pay-per-view, they got a show. They got a really, they got a damn good uh, pay-per-view. One of the somewhat better ones of the year. And that, you know, in November, that whole month was probably the best month for pay-per-views, or at least for boxing fights throughout that entire year, 2016, which I didn't think it was a great year for boxing. 2017 is a much better year. And I, will, I definitely would like to get Stevens input on this uh, next time he joins the show, is that these pay-per-views are, one, they're pretty good, from the little pay-per-views that we've had so far, because we have not had a lot of pay-per-views in 2017 so far. But the pay-per-views that we are getting are pretty damn solid. We're having multiple world title fights be, uh, on those, on these top-ranked pay-per-views, and I think that's the way to go. You build up a stacked card. You get some of the younger guys or some of the lesser-known stars out there with the main attraction, uh, uh, with the main audience, uh, of boxing who may not go exactly out of their way to pay for a Jesse Magdaleno or a Gilberto Ramirez or an Oscar Valdez. But the, the exposure is going to be pretty good. And I think if you were to ask me, I think it's going to do more than a 50,000 buys, a lot of people are thinking. And I think uh, Stephen was talking about how this fight – what this paper is going to do, 50000 I think it's going to do at least maybe 75000 I think there is a lot of hype. I think the California and Mexico crowd uh, are going to be lining up to buy this pay-per-view because this is a very, very Mexican-heavy uh, card. And I think that's by design because, he, because Bob Aaron knows that there really isn't that, you know, the buck stops at Canelo Alvarez in terms of being the biggest name in Mexican boxing. But then if you go down the list, it's debatable who would be the number two star. Maybe it most definitely probably have to be Julio Cesar, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. But really, what's he, what's he really done in the past few years? After he lost to Sergio Martinez decisively and soundly uh, a few years ago, Chavez has not looked good at all. He struggled to, to maintain weight at 160 pounds, then to 168, and now to uh, at 175 pounds. Now he's going to have to be going back to 165 and a half at a catchweight against Canelo Alvarez. It's going to do humongous numbers, absolutely huge pay-per-view numbers. But after this fight, it's going to go downhill for Chavez. And so I think this is a great way, this pay-per-view that Tom Rank is putting out, for all of these three guys uh, to make their claim, I'm going to be the next big star in my country. So I think 
I think all three guys will retain. I I think the one I feel most confident is Gilberto Ramirez retaining his title. I feel confident in all three of those guys retaining their WBO titles. And we're going to be giving you a couple of – we're going to be giving you a lot of coverage in terms of that. We're giving you articles on each of the three title fights. We're also going to be giving you uh, recaps of the Showtime and Showtime Extreme card – a lot of good stuff. I mean, uh, some of these fights, some of the guys on this new Brooklyn card, on the super low untelevised un- undercard, uh, guys like Kenny Robles and Latore Woodbury, uh, Joseph Williams, uh, John Delperdang, all these guys, these are, these are exciting prospects. Um, they're still a long ways away from making any actual impact in their respective divisions, but... I mean, these are. The, I mean, Brooklyn is in New York City. They got a lot of a lot of untapped potential in terms of boxers, and I think the, these Brooklyn cards that Showtime is putting out, I think it's getting. I think it's making these guys, uh, getting these guys out there in terms of fighting, in terms of fighting for a big crowd, and I expect Sean Porter versus Andre Berto to draw a big crowd. I don't know if it's going to do as much uh, attendance-wise as the Keith Thurman versus uh, Danny Garcia fight, because that one did, I believe, 16,000, around 16,000 people at the Barclays Center. So I'm going to guess between twelve and 15,000 show up. It's definitely going to be more than the James Segal versus Bado Jack fight. And that was just over 10,000, barely 10,000 uh, attending that fight. I think it's going to be a really good fight. Lots of good stuff for the Saturday for boxing. Uh, and then you look at um, in Germany, and I'm going to talk really quick. Arthur Abraham versus Robin Krasnicki uh, for the uh, you know, WBO Super Middleweight Title Eliminator. Winner of that fight, they get to fight Gilberto Ramirez should he retain the title. Or maybe Max Bursic if he pull pulls off the upset. So I think that's going to be the next fight. And then after that, maybe later in the year, we'll get that Gilberto Ramirez versus uh, should he retain against whoever's going to win. And I think it's going to be uh, Arthur Abraham, uh, Gilberto Ramirez versus James DeGale. I'm really excited for that fight because James DeGale, he had a heck of a fight against Bado Jack. Really, really fun fight. And then, you know, some of the other fights all across the world this weekend, Martin Murray versus Gabriel Rosado. Uh, not much of a, not a lot in stake, but I think Mark Murray is going to come out uh, on top. That's going to be on Liverpool and then over there nearby Leicester uh, for the WBO interim middleweight title, uh, the vacant title between Aftandil uh, Kurtzitsi versus Tommy Langford. And then on the undercard, you got Zola, Zolani T versus Arthur Villanueva for the WBO Bantamweight title. It's a Bantamweight title eliminator. So I think right now you have this fight. This might be an eventual fight with uh, Gennady Golovkin way down the road, probably after he uh, Golovkin is done with Canelo Alvarez. That could be another fight. I'm not sure if it would be a pay-per-view fight, but you can get maybe Tommy Langford holding the interim title, holding it until Golovkin is done with his major fights. And should Golovkin win and beat Canelo Alvarez, barring any immediate rematch, 
that there may or may not be in a and their contracts if a fight if that fight should happen because I don't now it's, it's I still don't think it's a matter of when but if uh Langford versus Golovkin or uh Kurtzitsi versus Golovkin that could be a really good HBO TV card that could be a really good fight on HBO TV so overall I think there's going to be a lot of great fights uh this weekend and I just want to take a really quick look at the um at the undercard for for this Joshua Klitschko fight, which, if you can't tell, I'm excited for. Uh, Joshua versus Klitschko for the IBF and Bacon WBA heavyweight title. Uh, lightweight eliminate versus, versus Luke, uh, between Luke Campbell and Darlace Perez. I think Perez is going to win that one. Uh, really quick uh, prediction. Scott Quigg versus Viral Simeon uh, in a featherweight bout. I, and I think Quigg's going to come up. Uh, on top of that one, and uh, yeah, and I think right now this, I think that's this was so great for this month. And Steve and I were talking about this last week. The month of April, May, June, July. These next four months are gonna be absolutely insane for the sport of boxing. It really is. Look at all the fights that we've had, all the major fights that we've had so far in 2017. You can argue maybe some of them aren't weren't as great as. We were hoping for, but we still got the big fights. We got we got several unification bouts. We got the Gale versus Jack unifying titles at 168 pounds. You got Garcia versus Thurman unifying titles at 147 pounds. Joshua versus Klitschko technically unifying titles at heavyweight. Ward versus Kovalev. My God, that's going to be a heck a heck of a fight later on in the summer. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, the Pacquiao world, as Steve and I would say, quote unquote, retirement tour between uh, Jeff Horn and Australia. That's going to be a pretty good. That's going to be a pretty fun uh, fight to uh, to see. If not for the absolute fact that Pacquiao's going to absolutely demolish Jeff Horn, no doubt about it. But it's going to be a great sight. It's going to be a great story. Horn versus Pacquiao in front of fifty thousand people at Australia. That's going to be. That's certainly an interesting one. Not, a, not actually a super attractive fight on paper because Horn is nowhere near Pacquiao's league, but he's a big name in Australia, and um, Pacquiao's promoter, that's what he wants. He wants to fight big names in their respective countries all over the world. And I think, I hope that after Pacquiao's done with Jeff Horn, that we'll see an Amir Khan versus Pacquiao fight because I think that could be a really good a really, really fun fight. Could attract a lot of big numbers. Because as much as Amir Khan maybe has not lived up to his potential, he is still a star in British boxing and over there in the Middle East. And so that proposed fight between Pacquiao and Amir Khan taking place in the U- in the UAE, if that fight should happen, that's also another pretty a pretty fun fight to watch. It's certainly going to be Pacquiao's best fight in a long time, in several years, because Amir Khan is still pretty good. I don't know how he'll look after he's done with it, after he's fully recovered from his surgery, because according to him, the surgery that he had um, done well, has been an injury, I believe it was a wrist injury or a hand injury, somewhere around that area. 
It's been an injury that has been nagging him throughout his entire career that he never got fixed. So, I mean, and that might be the reason why he never why he never lived up to being the next great megastar that a lot of people were hoping that Amir Khan would be. It's that he's had a pretty bad injury throughout the majority of his professional career. And if Amir Khan recovers nicely, gets a looks fantastic in a two-up two fight, goes up against Manny Pacquiao and beats Manny Pacquiao for the welterweight title, I think we're not. I think we then could see Amir Khan finally becoming living up to all the hype that he's had throughout his entire career. And I'm rooting for Amir Khan because at first I wasn't a huge fan of Khan because I thought he was overhyped. He didn't look that great to me. He didn't look like he would translate well to a mainstream star. But I still think he's a fantastic fighter. I still think he's pretty good. So Pacquiao versus Khan, I'm all for it. But right now, all we got to live up, uh, wake up for is Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn on the Fourth of uh, July weekend. So that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be a nice little a nice little slaughter fest that we'll see. Because again, I don't even see this fight going twelve rounds. I really don't. I think this is going to be a somewhat short fight. Pacquiao is. I certainly think Pacquiao is going to knock out Jeff Horn in the middle of the fight, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round. You know, unless Horn impre- unless some a Horn impresses me, like I don't know, doing his media workouts or anything like that, or I look even further on his last fights and see that you know what, maybe I maybe I was wrong, and maybe he can bring up uh, the fight to Manny Pacquiao. Uh, unless my mind changes drastically, I don't see, I don't see this fight being competitive at all. I, was, I really don't see it. So, yeah. I think we're going to wrap things up pretty soon. Uh, as I mentioned, this is going to be a solo. Uh, this was a solo podcast. Steven had to take care of his kid uh, who woke up this morning with a fever and, hope, and you know, best wishes to him uh, and his kid. It's nothing serious, nothing serious, but this is something he had to take care of. And I completely understand. So I don't mind running this ship solo for this week. I would have loved to have heard uh, Steven's thoughts about this top rank pay-per-view more in detail. I know we talked about it briefly last week, and I wanted to get his opinion on Berto versus Porter, but we'll definitely talk about the fallout of those two cards in the next podcast. Hopefully we'll do it ne- either early next week or our regular Thursday slash Friday slot. And we'll also previewing uh, Klitschko versus Joshua. Boy, that's going to be such a great fight. I'm really excited for this fight. Leave a thumbs up on uh, on the YouTube video. It really helps us out. Please support, help, uh, and keep supporting uh, Fightful. Uh, we're we've only nine months in, but we've already done so many great things. I mean, just look at the roster we have for our podcast uh, for MMA, boxing, and wrestling. It is about as good a podcast network for combat sports as you will find anywhere else on the internet. Anywhere else. Um, lots of great stuff. Current UFC fighters joining the show. Recently retired UFC fighters. UFC Hall of Famers. Former WWE champions joining the show. Uh, joining our podcast networks in Shane Helms. The best, I'm going to say, one of the best independent wrestlers right now in the world, Matt Riddle. He's fightful. 
He's Fightful exclusive. And again, oh, and another plug for Matt Riddle's match against Drew McIntyre. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be called McIntyre or Galloway on the Evolve show on Sunday. But regardless, those two are going to have an, an outstanding I Quit match. Uh, I'm, I don't expect anything less, but absolute stellar wrestling. That's how good Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle is. That's how good Drew Galloway is. And always and always check out the Fightful broadcast. Super fun, super chill between Sean Ross Sapp and uh, Matt Riddle. The, the Wednesday podcast between Sean Ross Sapp and Jimmy Van. Those are always fun. Always getting a, a, getting a look behind the scenes between a guy who runs a wrestling site and, as Sean would call, the eccentric millionaire in Jimmy Van. And then you got me, the hippest, youngest, coolest cat in all of Fightful. Okay, well, maybe I'm just one of those three. I'm definitely the youngest. I can de- I can definitely vouch that I am the youngest of Fightful. But yeah, but again, thank you so much for uh, the three weeks worth of really good numbers on our boxing podcast between Steven and I. Uh, we've done, we're, we are blown away by the support. We're blown away by the positive uh, reaction, the positive feedback, and we will continue to keep getting better as we get more comfortable doing this podcast, this boxing podcast between Steven and I. And please support Fightful. Go to Fightful.com, check out the latest for UFC, MMA, uh, WWE news, uh, independent new, uh, independent wrestling news, boxing all over the world. We have tremendous writers such as Alex Pulaski, uh Stephen Muehlhaus, my podcast partner. He does great interviews. Just had one with Alberto El Patron, which you can definitely check out on Fightful.com or on the Fightful YouTube page. Uh, so many uh, great members of the staff, and I'm really grateful to be a part of this group. So, again, this, this weekend we're going to have tons of coverage of Berto versus Porter uh, live from the Barclays Center. I will be there and will be uh, in charge of the action in there in terms of live discussion, live coverage, uh, and then we'll be just churning out recap articles on the top-ranked pay-per-view. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a really great Saturday for boxing, and I'm going to be watching every single fight of it. Maybe not live, but at some point before the next podcast, ooh, I'm going to have so much to talk about uh, with Steven in terms of this weekend's fights and Joshua Klitschko. So be on the lookout for a supersized boxing podcast next week. So Carl Storo signing out for Fightful.com and the Fightful Boxing Podcast. See you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.